Oh my God, look, it looks like I have little baby hands. Shut up and look. It looks like I have little baby hands. <laughs> tiki, tiki, tiki. <laughs> um, I had another point with my tiny hands. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. It's Japanese for sword. <laughs> we are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Hey, wait a minute. I want to talk to you. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? This month, we're going to need you to pull over to the side of the road, put the keys on the dash, get out your license and registration, and keep your hands where we can see them, because it is Cops and Donuts Month. We're watching movies about cops all month long. So, Casey, what did you bring for us last week? Last week, I decided to start us out little dessert first with a big old treat. Treat Williams, that is, (laughs) in dead heat. Also... Honorable mention Joe Piscopo. And they were great buddy cops. They were, you know, kind of a, they were kind of like a opposites attract. Like, you know, Joe Piscopo is a shoot from the hip. Treat Williams is straight and narrow until he's dead. Then he does not give a fuck. This week, Jay, you, you brought some guys that are a little more aligned in this movie. What did you bring? We are 200 some episodes into the show, and it's finally time that we got to a cult classic and that is 1991's samurai cop it's japanese for a film (laughs) technically you know so uh, one of the things and maybe this is a bit of a spoiler we'll talk about this in a bit but i constantly kept comparing this film to robert rodriguez and man (laughs) man favorably no we'll talk about it okay like i there's there's, there's a flow chart, and I see where there was a common ancestor, and I see where they <laughs> diverged. All right, well, before we get ahead of ourselves, Jay, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Okay. You're on vacation. You've treated yourself. It's an island paradise. Uh, you're going out to the beach, and you know what? You've been working hard for months now to get your beach body ready. You're mm, really, yeah. really feeling it. So you've yep. decided that you're going to rock mm. that new banana hammock that you bought. Well, I didn't buy it for no reason. Right. You know, you're on vacation. Nobody's going to see you unless you show them the pictures. You can decide later how the lighting was. Unfortunately, there are only two people on this beach wearing banana hammocks today. You and another man that currently has a squad of drug samurai ninjas looking for him to murder him. All they were told was look for the guy in the banana hammock. Honestly, who'd have thought there'd be two? You know, that's it's, fair. That's it's, fair. It's the 2020. It also checks man. out for my luck. Yeah. And they spotted you first. So you've got about 10 seconds before they catch up to you. And the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. Cops, Japanese mafia, Yakuza, samurai, lots of sex, plenty of death and vengeance. Oh, but make sure neither of the samurai are Japanese. <sighs> Nine seconds. <laughs> I mean, that does sound like a coked out guy interrupts a movie director's Italian dinner yeah. as he's being like forced to the ground by his bodyguard yelling the movie at him. Good job, babe. Thank you. Thank you. That's cool. That's really what I was trying to channel. Case, you were out drinking that night and, you know, you saw a mob of people with katanas and thought, yeah, I'm going to get in on that because 
right? Like I'm the main fucking character. I know who I am. <laughs> I got to rush into battle. Unfortunately, you're so drunk that when everybody charges me, you trip over your own feet in the sand, eat shit, and get trampled. So in the 10 seconds while people are running over your back, sell us on this movie. An unhinged man gets his dream partner, enabling the two to go on a murder rampage, bang broads, and kiss their captain. Think of the tax money they'll save by using Batty Sapuku. Nine seconds. I don't know who was more unhinged, the samurai cop or his partner, Frank. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody was way too cool with everything. Sort of fair. Sort of fair. You could say that for literally every character in this universe. This is some kind of like Tarantino verse. Where hypersexual <laughs> hyperviolence is the everyday norm. Why don't we settle this by talking about the movie that Shitty Cinema watched? Hotshot cop Joe Marshall is transferred from the San Diego PD to the LAPD. Joe is brought in to fight the Katana Gang because he's called Samurai. The Samurai Cop. Ah? Uh? Ah? Uh? What? I don't. Why, though? He doesn't carry a sword or anything. <laughs> Because he's fluent in Japanese, Dave. So, with his partner, Frank. Okay, but if he was a woman, would they call him Hello Kitty Cop? Like, they only have two, <laughs> one, one reference for anything Japanese is Samurai. No. So, if he was a seamstress, he'd be like, Samurai Seamstress. Honestly, no. You know why he's the Samurai Cop? He brought sushi for lunch one time when he was a rookie, and the name just stuck ever since. <laughs> yeah, that's I actually guess. a much more believable story. With his partner, Frank, they stop a Katana cocaine delivery, but hospitalize the runner in the process. Before they can get any information from him, the head Katana enforcer kills the runner, forcing Joe and Frank to confront the Katana boss. Wait, is Katana the name of the gang? Yes. (laughs) Katana! Katana Katana was the name of the gang? Yeah, Katana Katana was the name of the gang. Katana. Malkovich? Uh, Malkovich. The movie. Yeah, the... The word makes no sense during the movie anymore. Like, I can't say the word anymore. Fujiyama, the boss of the Katana gang, is the Yakuza equivalent of the Godfather. After the confrontation goes south, he both sues the cops and sends thugs to kill Joe. Joe survives, attempting to use the situation to get leverage on the Katanas. He fails to capture the sub-boss, who contracted the hit, and the film's only attempt at a kung fu fight. Joe does manage to shoot the sub-boss after the scrap, though. So, you know, not totally failed. Samurai shoots him in the chest. You know. Yeah. Samurai yeah. are known for being excellent marksmen. Samurai did use guns. Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, they shit. They fucking loved guns. When yeah. the Europeans yeah. showed up with guns, they were all about that shit. Who's got egg on their face? <laughs> Me, num num. <laughs> so the block is hot, right? So what do you do? Call in support from New York. But when that doesn't work, Fujiyama goes right back to just kill him. Just kill him. Which, I mean, in respect, right? He's willing to admit when he's made a mistake and going back to what worked. The tried and true of just kill him. So the the head enforcer, Yamashita, starts cutting his way through the other cops, trying to get Joe's address. Fortunately, he sends thugs to Frank's instead of going himself. Frank uses his big cock to distract the thugs, then Mm. uses one thug (laughs) as a shield to take out the other, and I really wish some of that sentence was hyperbole. Yeah, it's not. There was a lot of <laughs> cock threatening, and it just, I don't, such a strange yeah. tone for the it film. Really was. It like really a was. Like a high school locker room. 
It was just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody's real obsessed with everybody else's peepees. In weird ways. Are there normal ways to be obsessed with other people's peepees? I don't know. With a bit of advance warning, Joe fights off the attackers that come to his home. When Frank and him inform the captain, they get new orders. Just kill all of them and then turn in their <laughs> Two can play that game. But Dave, Frank is smart because he wears a bulletproof vest. Hell so yeah, he Frank. Rolls over and fucking waxes Fujiyama with a single shot from the ground. With the boss dead, Joe hunts down Yamashita. They begin their sword fight with an interpretive dance that starts 100 yards away. And as they slowly move toward each other step by step doing sword flourishes. Yeah, the anime rules, man. <laughs> it's great. You got to give everybody time to power up. Right. Take this time to turn on the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance <laughs> and it will be perfect. Just slowly stepping towards each other. When I was a young boy, flourish, <laughs> and now I am mugging it, and look at my sword play. It, it kind of looks like both of them have been bullshitting this entire time and have no idea how to use a sword. And they're yes. both just trying to fake it till the other one gives up. It looks like two <laughs> male birds trying to seduce each other. <laughs> and no one's been drier. And they appear evenly matched until the samurai cop throws their swords away, seriously injuring Yamashita. Frank prevents Joe from chopping Yamashita's head off Instead, letting him commit seppuku because that's the copley thing to do. Let the man kill himself. I don't want to deal with agitated witnesses. I, it, <laughs> I don't want to deal with paperwork. It's, it is a classic movie trope, cop or not cop, of like the good guy, one, after murdering hundreds of henchmen, gets to the villain and then says, but I'm not like you. Yes, you right. are. Yes, you are. Right. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, but then the villain's still the villain, so they immediately either kill themselves or try to do the last minute, bah, and then, like, fall right. off a cliff. Dave, how many boners did you have while watching this movie? Did you count? Oh, I mean, do you count it as one continuous or, like... <laughs> Individual throbs. <laughs> the measurement questions are the most important. I agree. I'll let you use your own methodology. I was, I, I was, I genuinely at one point thought the main character may have been demanding an equivalent number of banana hammock shots to his <laughs> female co-stars, panty or titty shots. Like he was, he might have been. He, I think he I, had aspirations to yeah. to really become a, a huge movie star. I think I think he was checking the dailies and being like, no, 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 no. You've got three shots of her ass and crotch in there. We're getting three shots of my ass and crotch in there. Hashtag feminism. So the the dead samurai, the seppuku samurai at the end of the movie is Robert Zadar. Yeah, he's been. He's been in some shitty cinema movies before. You mm. may know him mm -hmm. best as Maniac Cop, which I actually watched before this, or I watched before this month because I thought about bringing it. And God damn, do I love him so much. So He's a much. He's big man. He is. Um, former Chippendale, I found out as well. Make money, oh. money, make money. Yeah, yeah. So um, Robert Zadar plays Yamashita in the film. The 
the head enforcer, the samurai, one of the two white samurais. Yes. <laughs> the big one. We call those Tom Cruises. <laughs> the, the big Tom Cruise. BTC, uh, he is absolutely eating up every line that he is given. He's the only one giving it 100%. I believe him. His stare is intense as fuck. He just, he shines. He shines in this movie. Yeah, they're making a very particular type of movie that isn't, you know, it, I maybe Grindhouse is the best equivalent, but, like, it's not uh, an action canon-esque. movie. It's yeah, canon-esque. It's a canon-esque film. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not very canon-adjacent. It's not really an action film. It's not really a martial art film. And Zodaris is the one who most understands and appreciates what he's in. He knows what to bring. He brings an extra plate of it. This is my first time seeing him with a beard. Uh, and he looks oh my great. God. I think he looks very handsome with the beard. I think it, I think it's a good look for him. He has a very big chin and wide face. He and has so, cherubism. Yeah, does he? Yes. Neat. So with the beard, it, it looks like you, it makes him look like a big bear almost. And it's really imposing. And I... When he was he's he's terribly intense in this movie, and he has a lot of these intense stares, and I was just like, Jesus, man, I think I'd shit myself just like staring across from him. If that guy comes running at me, or even slow stepping at me with a chipped ass plastic sword, I'm still gonna be scared. Right. (laughs) I'm still not gonna feel good about it. I'm gonna be like unlocking and relocking my car from that parking lot. Mm mm. I mean, honestly, I would probably feel safer with him swinging the sword at me than just his fist. Because, like, the sword will probably just break. (laughs) You know? And, like, maybe it won't bite into me that hard and I can get away then. You know, if he just punches me, though, I'm dead. Yeah. Your orbital (laughs) is Cheeto dust. Yeah, Hard agree on the beard, though. Honestly, anyone, I, I believe anyone that big any man should be wearing a beard. You need to start breaking up the lines when you're that physically imposing. <laughs> we need to be able to, like, at a glance, figure out which part is which, man. What, okay, I also like that he got a lady in this movie. A lot of times he doesn't get a lady in the movie. His side chick sidekick? Yes, which kudos to you. I do love that. His side chick sidekick <laughs> was man. equally as intense. They yes. had a weird sex scene. Well, an almost sex scene. We did get to see her partial bush. What's less, well, her edging. So the director, she she was uncomfortable by that. Director had to bribe her with a bottle of wine to get her to do that scene. Ew. So here's my question, Case. (laughs) How much, how much would you require to shoot a sex scene with Robert Zadar? For the listeners at home, Casey's on her fingers counting off, I guess, bottles of wine? Bottles of wine, okay, correct, we're, we're Dave. At three. Okay. We're at three, three. currently. Three. <laughs> three. And it's not going to be just a thin sheet between us. I'm going to need a comforter. <laughs> I'm already uncomfortable with the skin-on-skin contact that's really intimate. I do not want to feel a bulge or lack thereof. I, d- I don't know. I don't know what he was packing. I don't I don't want to know. His kissing looked awful. Not as bad as the main character, Joe's. Oh. 
Okay. Uh, well, I don't uh, know, because Robert Zadar does a weird, like, top lip bite chin, drag out thing. Yeah, no, no, no. All that, of them are bad. None of them no, have ever, ever made out with a person, I'm convinced. <laughs> Every kiss in this movie either looks unnatural or it looks fine, but in context, it's unnatural. Well, I would push back to that. I would say the one natural kiss in this movie is when Frank kisses his captain and then runs out of the room. <laughs> on the head. And then, yeah, he kisses him on the head and then runs. Out. That looked normal, natural, and comfortable. And I was like, you know, I never, I didn't kiss enough of my bosses. Oh, yeah. There's some of them that I could have <laughs> give little head kisses to, and they deserved them. Fair. But all of the kisses that were intended to be, like, romantic or intimate like I, the closest to a reasonable looking one is when uh, the samurai cop and his girlfriend uh, are about to go charge on the katana's b- base, and she gives him a goodbye kiss. But it goes on long enough that, like, okay, you are full on making out now. Yeah, but they kept doing that. They would take things, let things go for far too long, and I thought that's where they were going with the captain kiss scene, because. After Frank kisses him and runs out the door, he's like, you motherfuckers. And he's pointing at the door and looking angry and his hand slowly drops down and he melts into his seat. And then he's like, (laughs) scoundrels Uh, (laughs) and looks really pleased and happy and content. And if they would have cut too soon, we would have missed that. I almost couldn't stay through the scene because it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then it was really comfortable. And I'm just like, wow, that was so natural. I'm going to say Robert Zadar was the best actor. The next best actor was the captain because he was a really angry dude and he played it perfectly. He also really played into the fuck this, fuck my career. Let's just kill everybody. Yeah, let's, just, let's just have fun with this. Oh my God. <laughs> Nuke that bridge from space. He tells a lawyer to get the fuck out of his office and get yeah. a job, get a real job <laughs> and leave him yeah. the fuck alone. Yeah. He's tired. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. If I had a dollar for every time I wanted to say that to a customer, I'm like, you fucking looky Lou, get out of here. Get out of here. Casey, you actually just made me realize something. So, okay, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I promise I'm going Good. somewhere with it. Have you guys heard of the millennial pause? No. It's a thing that like some Gen Z kids notice about millennials when we take uh, videos or when we make videos of ourselves, like a Snapchat or like a self video shot. Anytime we start it, we take a beat to where you go like, boop, boop. Hey, what's blah, blah. And then we start talking or whatever. There's a beat, then blah, blah, blah. And like the closest theory is that like we're waiting to like visually process that the device is recording because we grew up with shitty technology that we had to wait for that feedback. But it's just a thing that like people have noticed that like every millennial does. Every scene of this movie starts with a millennial pause and most of them go out with one too. <laughs> no, not at all. You were literally contradicting yourself because you were bitching before we were recording about the smash cut to titties, I, uh, which happens, or smash cut out of titties. But that in, also happened too. In all of the scenes where we smash cut to titties, titties are present, but the actors are kind of just waiting on the bed, and then the scene starts. I mean, that's just all bad acting and directing. <laughs> that's a, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, we could have trimmed this down by just a few more frames, and everything would have been fine. But instead, we've got to, like, have this beat at the beginning, like, 
Okay, and action. And then a beat at the end where they're like, okay, are we good? Okay. I wonder if any of that is because part of this this whole creation of Samurai Cop is that they had very little film to film on and they were trying to get everything they could to make a feature-length film so they could release it. So... At one point, I thought they were just, like, shooting it in camera. Like, this is... this. There's no editing involved. <laughs> it's just set up the next scene, press record, do it, move on. Parts of it looked like that. So apparently almost every shot is one take. The director, because they were trying to conserve film, would only let them do one take. So... Okay, so if I ask, is this your best take? Technically, yes, and it's also your worst. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's why there's so many people flubbing their lines and then just rolling through it. No, okay, I appreciated that about the captain, because he flubbed his lines, but in a natural way. And, like, it sounded like someone who was getting flustered. And then you also, like, you want to make fun of him, but you know it's going to make him more mad. I used to do that to Bruce all the time. <laughs> it felt very familiar. I Why did they have, like, it's 1991. Cassettes weren't that expensive, were they? Were they actually using professional equipment to film this? I Some, but a lot some, of the shots are, are shot in the director's office. Okay, so there's a scene I'm thinking of in particular when the leader of the Katana clan is lecturing everybody when he first gets on the scene and he's you know like oh that he wants to kill us he wants to kill me and yeah. he's going on and on it cuts to the side chick sidekick and some other guy and he's mid talking and that like all of a sudden the quality of the video changes they're bowing to him i'm like why are you bowing in the middle of the sun you know what i mean like you just bow every time a japanese person walks your way <laughs> what is happening what why they were hanging out with steven seagal yeah just i uh, keep bowing at each other you look like a fucking pigeon stop leave him alone okay we need to address joe marshall the main character and his hair that was the first thing i noticed oh man which I have later found out why. First, I was like, you're just really high. It, the <laughs> first time I was like, wait, is that his hair? That does not look like his hair the last seat. Mm. Right. And then his, okay, let me describe his hair is a really just a flat, thin, straight mullet. Basic it's, it's late eighties. It's it's like it's, it's a like, mullet uh, if an anime. No, his real had hair. His real hair. <laughs> it's it's long in the back and it's like cut around his face, almost framing. But they did a almost. bad job. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not great. That's what his hair is for about. Mm, oh, it, it's great. Forty percent of the movie. <laughs> no. And I will not hear any disrespect. And. <laughs> I noticed there might be trouble in the costume department when all of a sudden he shows up with a little Dutch boy haircut <laughs> and has, I'm like, what is going on? And now he's got curl, he's got body, he's got waves. I'm like, what the fuck is going Did he I just like fight his way bottom, through? Personally. Oh my God. Yeah. It almost <laughs> looks like 1700s Rococo. Like it's very bouncy, not nearly the life he had in his real hair. I was like, okay, you know, maybe he he found some hair product. I wanted them to go through like a car wash and like have him get wet and then have him get dry and that's how he comes out. Like that's what I was picturing, but that's not what happened. So finally, I get the courage to ask Jay. I'm like, is that a fucking wig? 
is that a wig? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And explained that they had had to reshoot half of the scenes. So like seven months went by and the actor cut his hair and then they the director called him back and was like, I need you to do reshoots and was pissed, pissed that he cut his hair and went about that. He's supposed to know. Yeah. I, I mean, this does not. Did it, my mom direct this? There's no way this was a big enough deal that like, oh, hey, and you need to like contractually keep this hair for the next year in case of reshoots. <laughs> like, are you no. kidding? If fucking if DC couldn't keep a mustache off of Henry Cavill's face, <laughs> what makes you think you have any right to dictate shit for Samurai Cop? <laughs> Maybe they should have told him in fluent Japanese, and then he would have understood. You want to hear the best part about the consequences of that? <clears throat> a bunch Please. of the bit actors just wouldn't come back. And if you might notice the, the audio that is terrible, because a lot of the characters are just the director voicing them and then manipulating his voice. Delightful. Okay. So glad you bring that up, because as I said when we first started this episode i noticed when robert zadar and his side chick sidekick are sneaking out of the hospital after cutting someone's head off (laughs) they are running into like undercover cops and just people running upstairs at them and it's the same voice being voiced (laughs) over like five different henchmen that are getting stabbed punched rolled down the stairs going hey wait a minute i want to talk to you hey wait a minute i want to talk to you (laughs) Hey, wait. Hey, sir, I'm a police officer. I want to talk to you. I'm like, am I going crazy? Did they just keep reusing the same? Yes. Yes, they did. It's the same guy. Good. You feel better? Yes, I feel validated. Thank good, you. Good. Honestly, I prefer that over. I, I got to use it as an example. The conversation with the horny nurse where at, oh, between man. the shot and the counter shot, there is a remarkably different room tone to the two of them. So there's some type <laughs> of like buzzing behind the nurse that isn't You like there. what you see? You want to touch me? You want to fuck me? The hor- Yeah, right. The horny nurse scene is the strangest scene I have seen in a movie in a very long time. I- oh, I can't agree. What? Are you kidding me? It goes from like, oh my god, this is going to be a porno, to her casually burning him. And they're in the burn unit, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're working. They get, they want a confession out of a guy with burnt lips. His lips are burnt. He needs 2 weeks before he can confess to his crimes. And now that that's established, she's like, "Hey, you want to fuck? Wait, you've got a tiny dick. Bye." And I love it. She's I love the- working. Yeah, right. don't don't leer at the people in the you know service or nursing industry, and we won't be dicks to you. I did kind of love when she asked him if he was circumcised, and then accused his doctor of doing a hack job. <laughs> it's a really really strange scene that has nothing to do with the scene that came before it, or any scene that comes after it. <laughs> And also, I'm glad it's there. Though. I think it. Listen, I think if you peel back a layer, it shows that the samurai cop is human, and he doesn't 
fuck every woman he meets. He's been turned down. He's just like you guys. He's a relatable guy with pecs the size of my, the length of my shins. He had the biggest titties in the movie. Oh my God. Samurai Cop <laughs> is fucking yoked. Yeah, every day is Joe Marshall day for him. is yoked. His legs are good too. He's got no booty. He he's got a little booty. He's but very other triangle that, shaped though. He very is triangle shaped. Huge. Yeah. He's a big dude. Okay, here's my question to you guys. Who is the bigger psychopath? Joe Marshall, the samurai cop, or his partner, Frank Washington. I'm thinking Frank, and here's why. Let me lay it out for you. Joe Marshall has been at the LAPD for one week. Frank, however, is already condoning all of his fucked up, terrible behavior. Joe is telling a story about how he was banging this broad, and Frank called him to warn him some guys were getting to kill him either prophesizing that it was going to happen in the film or it was shot out of scene. I d I'm not really sure. I don't understand how this works into it. It's less than a week. Okay. It's supposed to be a story in the past. Right, but they've only known each other for a week, so I don't know how that works. Well, we don't necessarily know that, but we know that they've. he's only been at the police station for a week. Yeah, maybe he, okay. maybe he has previous time in L.A. Maybe he's a native that went to work somewhere else. I don't know. Honestly, though, I agree with you that Frank is the bigger psychopath. I have a much simpler argument. He's arc- way too into, like, letting him do whatever. Harass women, kill people. Except, Well, he doesn't let him kill people. Yeah, he's not into letting him do whatever. I have a much simpler argument. Frank's more of a psychopath because, A, Joe, obviously, very dumb man. He's... <laughs> He's a character we've all met probably in a frat somewhere. Super narcissistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinks he's the main character, but he's not. It's Frank. But whatever. Very dumb man. Frank, however, is there every single time one of these weird hypersexual or hypervolent events is going on, looking on with the most uncomfortable voyeuristic glee. This man understands what's going on and is getting off on it. Yes. What was with the look on his face as his partner was being humiliated for having too much of his penis chopped off? I love the entire cut to Frank during the horny nurse scene where they gave him an entire reaction panel of him just reacting and then using those shots. And they are they are fucking gold because they have that millennial pause and then a reaction. Good. Whoa, she said what? Yeah, I just it it wigged me out, man. It really wigged me out. I really think that he is the one pulling all the strings. Or or it's like a fight club situation where he's made Joe up and it's really him going on the killing spree and banging broads and that's why he magically didn't get hurt like he was wearing a bulletproof vest while the guy was shooting at the wrong body. You know what I mean? Like I could see it going both ways. Honestly, that would have been much more interesting. That would have been cool. Oops, did I make it better? Well, I think it's time to do what we do every week. And Casey, I'm going to start off with you. 1991 Samurai Cop. Would you watch it again? Oh, so I've seen this movie before. What? But it's been a long time. (laughs) And I forgot how 
interesting the editing is on this. And like you said, a lot of it feels like it was edited on the camcorder that it may have been <laughs> shot on. Um, but it's just delightful. It is, it is a delightful movie start to finish. A lot of hard cuts. There's, there's no explanation for a lot of things. You fill in the blanks. Uh, but they try to do well by having car chase scenes. Are they great? No, absolutely not. <laughs> the stunts were better in Toxic Avenger, but they do yeah. set a guy on fire and they're like, oh my God, he's on fire. He's on fire. And I thought he was just going to shoot him. He did not. He apparently did. They That's how they got hot lips in the hospital. Um, They put him out and roll him and yada, yada, yada. I was really hoping for a shoot him, so you guys kind of dropped the ball there. But, um, yeah, between the wig switch off, <laughs> the incredible lines, so many flat 80s asses and bare, but yes, yes, this felt yeah! like a canon film, fucked an Andy Sedaris film, but on a camcorder. Yes, a thousand times yes. Dave, how about you? 1991 Samurai Cop. Would you watch it again? You know, I've also seen this movie before a couple of times. What? Um, no. But it's been a little while for me, too. And this is actually almost difficult because this has a lot of things that I love about some classic shitty movies. It's got a, a strong, terrible genre theme throughout. <laughs> in this in this case, the canon-esque vibe you mentioned. It's got an absolutely ridiculous plot with bonus points for anything involving Samurai or Ninja. You know, you got me suckered in there. But it's also got a lot of things I hate about bad movies. It's got technical it's got technical filmmaking on par with shit I was doing in high school media classes. Yeah. It's uh it, it is in it is painfully slow from scene to scene. It's just there's this lag every single time they move to a new shot that is just soul-sucking. But it slaps me in the face with that goddamn horny nurse scene every single time. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and as terrible as the scene-to-scene -scene momentum may be, what's in those scenes is so goddamn ridiculous and so campy and fun that, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch yeah. Samurai Cop again. Wow. I don't know how soon, Woo. but I don't know what it is. This is a very special turd in the rough. Jay, what about you? From 1991, starring Matt Hannon's fabulous hair, Samurai Cop, would you watch it again? There's a lot of ground in this movie that we didn't even really cover. Like, for example, there's this Costa Rican character that I call the suicide giggler because he talks about this guy that committed suicide and giggles about it as though it's the most adorable, cute thing he's ever heard. And it is a strange, out-of-place character to have that just doesn't add really anything at all to the movie and also sets up some of the movie's what? weirdest racism that it plays into, which is just... Real strange. Real strange. And homophobia. Sure. Sure. Hey, and homophobia. Come on. There's just so much in these scenes. And Dave, I know that you were complaining about the technical aspects, how, how shitty it looks. But I kind of find that to be some of the charm. And I also kind of appreciate that like people are actively trying to ruin the film while, while fucking acting in it. It does come off as campy and cheesy 
and people are having fun and I have fun when I watch it. So yeah, I'm definitely going to watch Samurai Cop again. And maybe not a surprise to anybody. I was really hoping for this outcome, but three out of three of us are going to watch Samurai Cop again. Folks at home, what about you guys? Have you seen this called classic? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it worse than the room? Better than the room? I don't know. Tell us what you feel. But Dave, you're going to hit us up with something next week. What do we have going on? Well, I didn't really mean to do this when I picked it, but I've just realized something. Because Casey started us off with the buddy cop film, buddy cop zombie film. And Jay, you brought us the buddy cop sort of martial art film, Samurai Cop from 1991. And I'm kind of exposing our own personal millennial biases, bringing a martial arts cop movie from 1990. So, like, I don't know. Maybe at the end of the month, we'll break out of this three-year period. It's just, it was the APOC of cop movies. You know. But either way, as soon as I saw the name David Carradine, I knew I had to watch this. So we're going to be oh, watching there. Martial Law from 1990. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Uh, I don't know, maybe pay our cop pensions through our Patreon, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights, harass a coworker, whoop, whoop, whoop. but still keep it warm for him, if you know what I mean. I don't. Will you I don't either. I really hate that. I hate that. It just tells me he doesn't use foreplay and he's a two-pump chump. Huh?